You can barely even see Andy Circus doing all the moves. <laughs> right. Andy Circus totally put on those put on those women costumes. He really stretched himself in this one. That's so awesome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 358 with our review of Ex Machina. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Steven Likes to Ruin AI Movies Miller. <laughs> uh, see, I couldn't think of anything. I was going to say guy who pronounced the movie wrong when I went to see it. Yeah, you could have gone with Carson Ex Machina Patrick. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Ex Machina. Um, but, that, but if you listened last week, it was only because the two old people in front of me totally incepted me yes and i got psyched up i was like don't pronounce it wrong that's right and, and then you I did, did anyways yeah because i'm yeah that's how i roll but anyways if you're listening to the spoiler warning podcast is your first time uh we are a weekly film review program each week in the show we're going to dive in debate discuss and argue of the latest film releases coming to a theater near you we are finally here to review a film that we've been saying we're about to review for the last two weeks because we didn't know when the hell it was coming out and uh, that's x machina Ex Machina. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to mispronounce the X part, but uh, we're here to talk about it. Um, Steven <laughs> is going to attempt to ruin an AI movie. Apparently, I may. Oh, I, may. I may or may not. Okay. I'm just saying that's that's who I am inside. Okay, you were just you were just saying that that, that is the reputation you have. Um, He's dead inside. So this will either be uh, another list in, or another film in the long list of films that involve AI that you will take shots at. Or it could be the first film in a long time that uh, isn't her that you can actually get behind. Mm. We will find out. Um, well, there is sex and robots, so. Yeah. And then for Carson, uh, you know, there is a scene where people randomly break out into da- dance. I don't know if that constitutes a Coke movie or not, but this may apply to his. Uh... <laughs> Always love some uh, <laughs> random dance sequences. I-, I think it's more like an LSD nightmare movie. <laughs> That's, that's probably, uh, maybe possibly true um but uh yeah um yeah how are you guys doing this uh fine sunday morning i'm just i'm amped <laughs> i'm feeling good i think the two of us must not be amped since we both woke up way too recently <laughs> yeah it was it was i i mean i sort of so this is how i sort of woke up i woke up and literally i had a dream that Carson texted and said he couldn't do it till till eleven. <laughs> so I woke up and I'm like, what? And like eleven like, p.m. No, no, like it's like eleven instead of ten. Oh. So I I like was like, huh? And I grabbed my phone and I looked at it and there was no text in our like three way message from uh, Carson. So I was like, whatever, I'm going back to sleep. And then like <laughs> as I laid there for about fifteen minutes, I like thought back over me looking at my phone and realized it was like almost 10 already and I was like oh crap so I woke up and uh ran to get some coffee from our local 7-eleven and uh yeah here I am (laughs) great Great story that's weird for you because don't you naturally wake up at like six in the morning nowadays well I generally so I always get up super early but I use an alarm so I create a habit of getting up super early because I like to be able to do things before my work starts. Um, but 
if I don't set an alarm or somehow I leave my phone off and the phone doesn't do what it's supposed to do and set off the alarm anyways, which happened to me a few days ago, I will sleep in forever. <laughs> and we're so dependent on machines, it's almost like we're becoming machines. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And eventually, I'm going to be so dependent on my alarm clock that I'm going to take an alarm clock and send it back in time to try to stop the first alarm clock from being created. Mm. And uh, it might turn out that in sending that machine back to stop alarm clocks from getting created, I leave parts of an alarm clock back in time, and then the revolution of alarm clocks gets created from my traveling now, back in time. Now, if you set the alarm and then send it back, will the alarm still go off, or will it... Never mind. <laughs> it'll, it'll go off, and Imagine Dragons will never perform at Lollapalooza. <laughs> well, if I set my alarm, which is my phone, and I put it in airplane mode so it can't try to connect to any sort of service to sync its clock, it should still go off. But right? that yeah. does leave the Imagine Dragons question unanswered then. Yeah, well, yes. then they'll never be formed. Well, it depends on if somebody takes Imagine Dragons, like somebody from Imagine Dragons realizes that their music is ruining everything and sends one of their own bandmates back to stop them from forming. <laughs> And your alarm is Imagine Dragons, right? That I'm waking up song? Yeah, right. <laughs> radioactive. Yeah, it's clock radioactive. It's actually the version from the movie where they're beating the drums. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a space alien in love with two different people. <laughs> Now I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Oh, you do. <laughs> no, I honestly don't. Is that is that the point of the song? No. <laughs> Always goes back to the host because they use that dumb song in the trailer. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the host. The Stephanie yeah. Meyer host. That's right. Not the Bong Joon-ho host. Well, it's funny because, like, I mean, not, this isn't keep, keep going in this random tangent, but the first time I heard the song was in that trailer. And mm. I was like, ugh, the tone of this is all just like super dumb. And then like when I heard the song on its own, I was like, you know, this song's not so bad. Yeah. But then again, every song that I hate the first time I hear it that relates to any movie, I end up really liking later on. So mm. anyways, yeah. Ex Machina, it is finally here. Um, I've no, already no, theme, no theme songs in Ex Machina, unfortunately. Uh, no, but we'll add something. Can we do <laughs> Sex Machine by James Brown? Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I think that would fit well with Carson's <laughs> pronunciation. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, but what do you say, guys? Uh, we get into the episode and uh, play the trailer and then come back and talk to people about this film? It's Groundhog Day, this page. <laughs> <laughs> How long until we get to his estate? We've been flying over his estate for the past two hours. Caleb, I'm just going to throw this out there so it's said, okay? You're freaked out. You're freaked out me meeting me, having this conversation in this room at this moment, right? But can we just get past that? The whole employer-employee thing? It's good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Caleb. This building isn't a house. It's a research facility. And I want to talk to you about what I'm researching. You want to see something cool? Hello. 
You are dead center of the greatest scientific event in the history of man. Do you have a name? Ava. Answer me this. How do you feel about her? Her AI is beyond doubt. No, nothing analytical. Just how do you feel? I feel that she's amazing. Dude. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? Did you know that Nathan brought me here to test you? Caleb, you're wrong. Wrong about what? Nathan, you shouldn't trust anything he says. Does Ava actually like you? Or is she just pretending to like you? Self-awareness, manipulation, sexuality. Are you attracted to me? Now, if that isn't true AI, what is? Caleb, there's something I want to show you. Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? Today, I'm going to test you. Why me? Caleb, you have to help me. Who is the real test? You. Is it strange to have made something that hates you? What will happen to me if I fail your test? All right, so that was the trailer for Ex Machina, aka Ex Machina. Uh, basically, it's not Ex Machina. I am fully aware of that. <laughs> no, I thought it was the Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the dance that precedes the Macarena, <laughs> the Ex Macarena, <laughs> or post seeds. I don't know what, what's after. <laughs> what's the opposite of precedes? Uh, I, I don't know. Succeeds. I don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, succeeds. About. Succeeds. Yeah, it's this. It's it's the successor to the Macarena's ex Macarena. Anyways, now that that joke's done, falling flat. Um, mm. We are talking about ex Machina. Uh, basically, a guy is brought to a large compound where he's supposed to perform a Turing test and tell if this AI is actually artificially intelligent or just a cleverly designed robot. Um, it's a film that uh, I've been super excited for. I assume you guys have all been excited for as well. Yeah, it's been, yes. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. So. With, with the with the dread that comes from a new like hyped up sci-fi movie, where I'm always a little bit afraid that I'm going to be the one guy that goes into it and like can't stand it. <laughs> and like I I haven't even really been listening to the the word about it. Um, but the first time I saw the trailer. I watched like 13 times, even though there was a shot in that first trailer that I was worried would spoil a part of the movie for me. Um, and every time a new trailer comes out, I still watch it. And then I text you guys and go, why did I watch this trailer? And then I keep watching it even more. Um, I've been really, really excited just from the trailers itself. So, um, yeah. Mm. Also, Dread, Stephen, inadvertent getting Donald Gleason was Dread. <laughs> All right. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Subconsciously, he was, yeah. Since Stephen gave what may or may not have technically actually been a a uh, a spoiler for what his opinion of the film is, and uh, we don't know what Carson's opinion or my opinion is, let's uh, let's do a little band aid ripping and go around, and everybody has one or two sentences to briefly say what they thought of this film, and uh, then we'll get into actually really truly reviewing it. So Carson, start us off. One or two sentences. Um, I liked it, but not as much as everyone else did. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> Steven. 
I thought it was great due mostly to the ambience and the acting, not necessarily because of the plot, but I don't care. I thought it was a really great movie. Uh, yes, I thought it was a fantastic film whose really only true crime is that it really wants to be a thriller, um, possibly close to like horror type film tonally, as opposed to just a straight up sci-fi film. Boom, Band-Aid is ripped off. Carson, why don't, you, why don't you give us your full-fledged thoughts about the film? Uh, well, yeah, um, I like the movie, and I'm sure most of my uh, review will be sounding like I'm hating on it. But, uh, I mean, I, I did like the movie. Don't get me wrong. I just think that, like, some people were thinking this was, like, the second coming, and I don't think it's anywhere near the sci-fi masterpiece that some people are calling it. But, uh... Uh, I mean, the movie looks amazing, and it has a really good sense of, uh, tone, sense of done. Um, <laughs> tonal Gleason. Yeah, total tonal Gleason. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got a, it's got a really cool look, and, um, I like that they don't really mess around when it comes to the story. Uh, they just kind of really dive right in, and, uh it's essentially a play. I mean, it's mostly just three actors, uh, throughout the whole movie in one location. And, uh, it's interesting that it's this, uh, it's kind of this sci-fi movie with these ideas, but it's done in a very small setting. Um, so I like that aspect of it. And, um, I liked the actors in it. Um, and I think that Oscar Isaac was, uh, pretty well cat like i felt like he was um playing against type in a way but i liked his character and um but the thing that like bothered me was that i and i mean i'm the last guy to get hung up on plot but it did feel very predictable in ways like it it doesn't really go any way that you don't think it's gonna go like i mean it's it plays out exactly pretty much how you think it's going to play out. Um, and I think, like, things that are supposed to be twists end up being just like, oh, okay. And, um, you know, when it's all said and done, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And, I mean, I can't knock it because it is doing stuff that is not, you know, terminator genesis or something you know it's definitely no, it's pronounced genesis get it right <laughs> is that seriously how it's pronounced no, no. oh okay i just pronounced I that way because the way it's spelled <laughs> i think it's more like rise of the machinas <laughs> uh, uh yeah but uh you know it's obviously uh it's see i think deep down inside now, this is where I'm going to get into the part where, you know, we referenced the, the dance sequence. But I think deep down inside, I was expecting just the way people were talking about it, that it was going to be like this really weird, like, cokey movie, um, which I would have been totally down for. Um, I think there are glimpses of that, especially in the dance sequence, which is probably the best is definitely the best part of the movie. <laughs> that whole um, scene I kept thinking of you, Carson. <laughs> that was that was great. Um and there's another scene where uh Donald Donald starts freaking out. There's some uh 
self-infliction going on. That was pretty weird. Um, there was stuff like that where it kind of gave you glimpses into what this movie really could have been. Um, but it never really went there. It kind of shied away, which I was kind of sad. Like I, I kept thinking of something like Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is the LSD nightmare version of this movie. Um, that just is on a whole different level. Um, and then of course I thought of under the skin because, you know, but I see, (laughs) I don't want to spoil anything. So if you see it under the skin, you'll know, but, um, but, but yeah, like I, 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 I think I was expecting it to be more like under the skin. Uh, obviously that's not the movie's fault because a bunch of people hyped it up and it didn't end up being that, uh, at least for me. Um, well, that's so weird. I'm, that's like my exact thoughts on Under the Skin. Oh, oh, zing. zing. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I would definitely watch it again, like knowing where it's gonna go and how it's gonna be and stuff. But uh, I think personally, I just wanted it to be weirder because I think it's it's enough of a, de- of a departure from the mainstream, but it's not completely out of the box. So people are like alienated by it that aren't me. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, it's good. But you know, I, I I'm glad that Alex Garland made it. I like you know Alex Garden Garland has written like all of some of Danny Boyle's greatest movies. I mean, he wrote Sunshine, which is embarrassingly underrated, and which I think might play into the fact of why Chris thinks this is more of like a horror movie instead of just a sci-fi movie but that is, uh, that is an interesting in context for sunshine so this is you know i mean for a directorial debut it's it's great i mean it's it's very strong he's got a great visual eye and the 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 cgi on the robots is awesome like i it never once feels like you know because she's clearly wearing like some sort of green screen or something to block out uh make you know to insert the robot parts and i, I mean it's it's all very seamless. Um, so it was actually a, a, it's really meta. They built an actual <laughs> Android and, yeah, you, and had you, her walking around. You can barely even see Andy circus doing all the moves. <laughs> right. Andy circus totally put on those, put on those women costumes. He really stretched himself in this one. That's so awesome. Yeah. Take that Andy circus. <laughs> You know, while we're while we're uh, ripping on Andy Circus, I will say I saw Monkey Kingdom <laughs> better than Apes. I'll say those Apes are way better actors than what Andy Circus. They're actual did. Apes. Yeah, they're actual monkeys. Uh, they got way better performances out of them. Uh, I hate you so much, Carson. <laughs> if I could reach through this internet right now and choke you, I would. Yeah, well, it's, it's proof positive that you know the real thing is better than the fake ones. I'm gonna beat you with my weights. <laughs> Uh, all right i'm gonna be be like that guy in painting games just gonna fall on my head (laughs) oh man all right anyways anyways steven (laughs) why don't you talk to us about what this film did to further or bring back ai films all right so there's like two different questions i can ask with a sci-fi movie i can say what story did it tell or how did it make me feel uh and so if I ask, like, what story did it tell, then I can get super anal retentive about details about 
how realistic the programming was, about how realistic everything was, about about how predictable the plot was. And most sci-fi movies don't pass that for me, which is fine. Like, it's just hard to make a movie about technical things that appeals to, like, a mainstream audience. Um, the best ones, I think, are vague enough that they don't beg that question. And I think this was one of them. It's, like, set in a vaguely distant future... It almost felt more like her to me than like a straight up sci-fi film. Yeah. Like I couldn't complain about how it portrayed anything because it it very clearly didn't want to talk about how it worked. Like every time uh, Donald Gleason tries to peel back the curtain and ask some dumb programming related question that doesn't make sense, Oscar Isaac's like, "No, brah, dude. Let's not, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> Who are you going to call, brah?" Yeah, uh. bro, programmer Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. He's a great character. Um, but anyway, so that's why, even though the plot was a little predictable, I can I can echo Carson there. It barely registered with me. It barely mattered to me because I think this film is all about tone, all about tone and acting. It's all about and, that base. Yeah, all about that base. And on those fronts, I thought this movie was just great. Um I think Under the Skin is a great comparison. That's actually one that I was also thinking of leaving the film. But in my mind, this was a a positive comparison because where Under the Skin was just full-blown art house and the things it was trying to do and say were very alienating, like on purpose. And this, I think, bridged that gap between the the art house sensibility and the actual mainstream appeal that... I thought this did it just wonderfully well. I I thought I couldn't believe this guy has never made a film before. I know he's written, but the fact that he's never directed kind of blows me away. Um, I think the main reason this movie works is that the acting, at least two of the three people are just phenomenally cast, I think. Uh, yeah, one, one of the performances is a little robotic, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, but Alicia Vikander, if, if that's how you pronounce her name, I think she she was just great as kind of like the anti-Scarlett Johansson in her. Like, <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, so she's the in-between both extremes. She's not her Scarlett Johansson, and she's not under-the-skin Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> she's like... She's, she's like over-the-shirt Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's warm at times, but never never human like she stares without blinking she asks very direct questions she's not learning about the world like chappy she has already figured things out and she's just kind of conniving i don't know she she always looks and feels like a machine and i think that's what's interesting in a movie about ai is it doesn't uh it doesn't try to make it be a person and then ask you ethical questions, it tries to keep it a machine and then say, like, can we still make you empathize with this thing? <laughs> can we get you attracted to a thing that looks like a robot for 90% of its body? Mm. And the answer, I think, is like, yes. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. a resounding yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she really pulls that off. And Oscar Isaac, like, I called him a programmer, but that's that really is totally the stereotype. He's a very realistic type guy of someone who is brilliant, has hit it rich, and is now just like funneling his brilliance into this pet project. And he's been isolated and he's like kind of a douchebag. Kind <laughs> <He's>, of? <laughs> I would, I would actually bit. say, I would say kind of. I actually, 
I don't know, you can, one can argue by the end of the film how much he is an antagonist or protagonist. Uh, I think he walks like a tightrope pretty well in this movie. Well, um, I mean, without saying what it is, the last line that he speaks in this film, I think, is, is, a, is a testament to like what type of douchebag he is. I can I can give you that, and we don't <laughs> we we don't need to go into into spoilers here. Yeah, but I I think he really nailed that, and he 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 was just really good at keeping things at a high level in a way that the very brilliant people you talk to actually do. But then, like when he needed to dive into a technical subject, he even though I'm sure Oscar Isaac doesn't know anything about computer science, he makes you believe that his character does. Yeah, uh, I thought Donald Gleason was just okay but that's just kind of the character like he he's supposed to be us who are exploring the world and unsure of what we think about it so i thought he was like a kind of thin one and when he starts to have bigger things happen like the the scene that carson mentioned i'm not sure that he can carry those more weighty moments that well but that that's fine the bulk of this film is dialogue between him and ava and i think those scenes are just really, really well done. There's just a way that with each successive interview, it builds more and more tension. And it does so without the normal tension building things. There's not like a big ominous sound. There's not a Hans Zimmer soundtrack or something coming around the corner to get you. It's just... Yeah, the, the score actual, was really cool. Yeah, the the score... It was very sleepy. Sleep it, it had this nice, almost. subtle... It kind of reminded me of Under the Skin, even though it was pretty different. Uh, it had this just subtly weird kind of fuzzy score that was building on you. Yeah, it was very uh, dreamy. Yeah, it definitely made you feel like you were stuck underground with these characters. But definitely the the tone, the ambiance was just really nicely done with beautiful shots of them out in nature, shots of Ava imagining things. I think when they're looking at each other through screens and the music <laughs> is playing, it really, I don't know, it... It I really seriously thought you were going to say shots of beautiful women, full frontal. That too. That too. <laughs> That's there. Uh, the, like under the skin, this also definitely uses sexuality for a lot of a lot of things. Um, yeah, I I thought it was great. It was like a thriller that was tastefully done. It it makes you think. I've I've been thinking about it for the past few days about what would I do in that scenario and who is the bad person and who is the good person. Uh, yeah, it sticks with you. It, it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. Not that the bar is that high yet, but <laughs> that should say something. Better than Furious 7? I don't better, think so. Uh, better than Furious 7. Obviously, you haven't 7. seen Unfriended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Did I just shut everything down with that joke? Yeah. Okay. The red lights are showing now. <laughs> the red lights are on. <laughs> All right, so on to me. Yep. So yeah, as I, as I said, I thought this was a fantastic film. Um, for you know, mostly all the reasons you guys have commented on. Uh, this is gonna like sound like a really weird state statement. So let me like explain it. Uh, before Carson reacts, hilarious. Um, mm. lead to like the fact that I'm making an absurd comment. Like I almost, I could have lived with this film as technically found footage, not that it's like shot found footage style but if this was literally just watching these conversation on tapes like if i could 
I have a three monitor setup at home. Um, not as cool as Oscar Isaac's three mo- monitor setup, but if I could watch this film as just a multi-angle camera thing, watching these interviews take place, like the way they were edited in the film, I would be completely content with it. Like this film um, is, I don't know, it, it just the entire time I was watching it, I was just just loving it. Um, as I said before, like the one little crime I think of the film is that it really feels like it's going for this like suspense film as opposed to um, a film that's really just a sci-fi piece. Um, because like the entire film, I was really on edge, not sure what was going to... Like plot-wise, everything plays out, as you guys said, kind of the way you expect it to. But I was... I felt uneasy the entire movie. Like there was always something... Like I felt scared, but I didn't know why. I just felt uncomfortable the entire movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there is definitely a lot of suspense... And I think like the music and stuff makes you feel off kilter. Yeah, yeah, but it like, but it felt out of place for what I entered the film expecting mm. because I really expected it to just be this really hardcore sci-fi film that was really all about is Ava alive or is she this machine? And and I knew there was going to be tension between what you know Tonal Gleason thinks is happening um, versus what he thinks might not be happening or whatever. Um, but I didn't expect there to be like a, a literal un, unhinged like tension in the world where like you're, I don't know, I, I just felt, felt myself kind of frightened. And then the way the entire story concludes, I feel ends appropriately for a film of that genre and less impactful for a film that's going for complete hardcore sci-fi. Um, and you know, hardcore is just whatever. I'm throwing that out as a, as a term, but yeah, like I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, uh, like the performances were were great all around. I had less of a problem than you did, Stephen, with um, with Tonal Gleason's performance, um, just because I don't know. I I felt fine with it. Um, but yeah, what it really comes down to is those interviews and how watching the watching the machine completely dominate the conversations while it's being tested was just I, I thought I thought the writing was just really impressive the way all of those conversations go where where you know uh Donald Gleason is sitting there and he's like oh I have the upper hand I'm I'm the scientist I am I'm testing this person um and the way he was always just off kilter and didn't know what the response was going to be back to him um I don't know there's something about that just it felt really awesome um in a way that most sci-fi films I mean like Chappie was great with him being like this child and Ava has some like childlikeness to her, but it's less childlike and more just naive. But then you don't know whether it's actually naive or whether it's being just presented that way. I, I don't know. There, every time I was in an interview, I, I kept wanting there to be more sessions. Like every time it flashed up session number, whatever, I was like, okay, good. There's another session because I want this stuff uh, to keep going. Um, and later on in the film, there's, I know I became invested very much in, um, uh, you know, our our main guy's journey and what was hap- what was happening with him and what he was going to say next or how he was going to come out of different sessions and things like that. And I think that I was less concerned with, uh, you know, our programmer and his side of things and what he thought about the world. And any time that it was re- the film film was really dealing with the tension about him and whether he was a good guy or what he was doing. I seemed to care less about it and always wanted to go back to the interactions between our main character and the robot. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
definitely the heart of the film lies in the interactions between Ava and Caleb. Is that his name? I I, I think so in the movie. Maybe. Um, yeah, that that's I think definitely that sounds right. That is definitely the best part of the film. But unlike unlike something like Chappie, where the robot moments are the only ones that are well done, I think all the peripheral story here, like every every avenue it goes down, is very well done. Oh yeah, uh, for I would sure. actually say. So I would, I would disagree with your feeling that it started out or it seemed like it would be a hardcore sci-fi and then ended as more of a thriller. No, no, no I, I think I, I was talking about from the trailer. Yeah. Okay. I see. Because I think I think it stayed very much a hardcore serious sci-fi, and in the way of serious sci-fi, it built unnerving tension. Like I th- when I look back at some of my favorite moments in sci-fi almost always there's this eerie feeling that something isn't right and that something bad is going to happen i I think my only real complaint is that the trailer gave away parts of the movie that wouldn't happen till the very end (laughs) and i think if you didn't know those were going to be coming it would be a much different experience watching it yeah well yeah I i think for me that bothered me less because there was a very specific shot in the trailer um which like the second that trailer that that spot in the trailer happened i was like okay this is the end of the film and then throughout the film they see little pieces of information that back that up um and then i won't say what happens later on but like it was one of those things where, like the entire movie all i was looking for was the evidence of proof of what i suspected from the trailer so little things that were also in the trailer that would happen later on in the film didn't bother me at all because I was constantly trying to prove to myself that the assumption I made from trailer one was true. Um, so I was less paying attention to every other scene from the trailers and more to <laughs> just little pieces of evidence for that. And that's something I can say if we want to have a short spoiler segment. I, I think we probably need a short spoiler segment at the end of this. Uh, yeah. Just a brief one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess... I maybe this is just my kind of movie because I can't imagine the movie tipping more in one direction or another without me liking it less than I liked it. I thought the balance right here of how it was kind of like a slow burn thriller, but it still had interesting sci-fi things to say. To me, that was like the perfect vehicle for the ideas of the movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Kyoko dancing. That was great. <laughs> That, that was like the perfect example of something that is on the one hand very disturbing to you but also like genuinely funny no it's so disturbing because you don't know whether i mean never mind <laughs> oh shit <laughs> uh, just in case anyone hasn't figured out the plot twist there no i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna back out of that um so anyways, he's gonna pull out he's gonna pull out I, I just edited something out of this conversation but anyways there, there, there's some extra level disturbingness there oh anyways <laughs> so what were you saying before i almost pulled a carson i i don't remember we we were we were just talking about <laughs> nothing much how, really. the, how the movie balances disturbing moments from yeah and things that shouldn't necessarily be disturbing and and, and one one more thing too uh carson already brought it up but i really want to hit it again um because i love so much that this film literally starts 
with with Donald Gleason getting a text message that says you've been selected, and then he's already in the helicopter landing at the compound. Like there is no fluff in this film. It's like basically start movie. We don't care what was happening in the world beyond that. All you know is that he works at a job, and now he's going to some compound, and he doesn't even know why. Like that, that was so refreshing to not have to like spend 15 minutes of the movie talking about how like he hates his job and he would love to like go work somewhere else. And there's some big guy who has like a a big you know robotic facility in the middle of the mountains, and then. Maybe yeah. like if you buy the new phone, there's a golden ticket in one and you get to go to like see Willy Wonka's new robot factory. Like there was no fluff. It was just like you've been selected. Welcome to the party. Here we are. Let's start talking to a robot. So it's good to hear that because I actually was about one or two minutes late to the movie. And so oh, no. I walked in. I was sure like the movie was starting and I was just buying a bottle of water when I was going in. And... I walk in and he's in a helicopter already. No, li- li- and I was like, did I miss more of the movie? <laughs> like the the only thing you missed, which Carson, you can either back me up or or tell me differently. It, I mean, this, this maybe Carson wasn't even caring at this point, but he he gets like a text message on his phone. He's looking at it and it looks like he's typing without actually using his fingers. So. I thought that it was a cool way to tell you that like it looks like present day, but it's a little bit in the future um, because like input on devices seems to be uh, hands free. Um, but I don't his his office was definitely uh, futuristic. Yeah, but, but but it was literally like a a fifteen second shot of mm-hmm. him in the office, and then he looks down at his phone, and people are like, "Whoa, congrats! Like, awesome, bro." And then he's on the helicopter. Yeah, and the like, tucked in red shirt and high waisted pants kind of gave away what time we're dealing <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, the, the weird mustache and the hipster glasses <laughs> helped sell it too. <laughs> it's obviously the future. Um, it's the future in Silver Lake. But yeah, so you, you, you didn't miss anything. You just missed like like there's no setup to this movie. It's basically like welcome. Steven's always missing the beginnings of Donald Gleason movies. <laughs> That's true. I am. <laughs> He's you didn't even about... know you didn't even know that I missed the very beginning of Unbroken too. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You're like, why is he in this camp? This one wasn't my fault. I tried to be early. This it was someone else's fault. Steven is not about time. Let's just say that. No, I'm well, not about time. <laughs> very nice. Um uh but yes. Um so I got that out of the way. Awesome thing. Interview's great. Weird, unsettling tone. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else we have to, any, any more non-spoilery stuff we have to talk about before we get into spoilers? I don't think so. I, I should say that on a technical level, while not necessarily holding up, I was impressed with how far they were willing to go to be talking about real things and to at least like have done their homework. Like the whole conversation about the Turing test. Yeah. I love that he presents this as the Turing test and then you see it go down, and then right when you're about to say, hey, this isn't the Turing test, Donald Gleason says that to Oscar Isaac, yeah. and then they have like an even better conversation about what should come next. Um, also, there's a moment where Donald Gleason's on a computer, and he's writing code, and it is valid Python code for generating a prime number. So on the one hand, it's real, on the other, I don't know why you would write that code in this yeah. situation. I, I was actually going to ask you before spoilers about that, because there's only one scene in this entire film where code is actually on the screen, 
And I was like, Stephen, what did that code do? I, I would say it's up there with the social network in terms of being realistic about what programming looks like. Yeah. There's another time where he says, so I wanted to ask you, is she stochastic? I think she's probably stochastic, right? And that was pretty stupid. AI has been stochastic for like 30 years. But anyway. Yeah, take that. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> in, that far in the future, it's no longer stochastic. And then he brings it back. I don't, I don't know what that means. So. <laughs> also, I don't think a scientist would refer to an AI and artificial intelligence. They would say like you solved AI, the problem, not the, the thing. Gotcha. But it's okay. Yeah, we, you see, we'll forgive when I was that. watching this movie, all I could think of was, see, this is the difference between me and you guys, is that I was watching this movie, anytime Alicia Vikander was on screen, I was like, oh man, I wonder, because she's dating Michael Fassbender in real life, so I was like, <laughs> I wonder if Michael Fassbender, his pickup line was just like, we both played artificial beans, let's f- <laughs> <laughs> They were, even without knowing they're dating, I was going to compare her to Fassbender's character in Prometheus, because <laughs> they, both, they both had that kind of, like, very clear focus and sentience that isn't human, mm, but is yeah. still, yeah. like, I- an intense thing. And, yeah. and also because you're strangely attracted to both of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I feel shame about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good one. Good times. All right, so let's get to a verdict and then get into spoilers. So, Carson, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Um, I'd give it a recommend with the caveat for the reasons that I've stated. And it's a wonderful precursor to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen. I, I give it a must-see. There's really no, no caveat. I already said it was almost definitely my favorite movie so far this year and i've given other things must see so there you go yeah no it's a must see for me also um like i said I, i've been trying to phrase it in like the film's only crime is being like feeling a little bit more like thriller than it is purely heady stuff um and that's not really a like doesn't take away from the film at all it's just i like could have liked it even more <laughs> um uh so still must see everybody should check it out um so yeah that will be the end of our main review um we are going to close the show out a little music some music that we don't know yet will come uh fade up and when it fades out we will be in spoilers so uh, carson why don't you let everybody know where they can find you uh you can find me in the forest below ground a compound <laughs> typing away furiously <laughs> right, okay steven uh you can find me at bluebook.com slash s david miller <laughs> or s david miller.com you can also find him not showing up on time to any donald gleason movie. yeah you can't <laughs> find him in the first 30 seconds of a movie anywhere the, the real test is when we review star wars Will you be like, guys, I missed the credit scroll. Did they say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? <laughs> well, now I'm going to say that regardless. No, actually, it'll start, with, it'll start with even longer ago. <laughs> Anyways, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. 
You find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. To figure out when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW at 760-575-4879. As I said, don't know what the music is, but it's playing right now. It is going to fade up and then fade out, and we'll be talking about spoilers for Ex Machina. So be careful, because we're going to start spoiling right away when the music goes away. So be very, 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 very careful. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining me. You're very welcome, sir. Yep. This is one of those weird things where we say bye twice. (laughs) I don't like it. Why, what you mean like at the end end and now yeah yeah sorry well for those who aren't sticking with us to spoilers bye to you everyone else we'll see you in just a second all right we are back music is faded out this is spoiler territory for the Spoiler Warning Podcast, we are talking about big, big spoilers for Ex Machina. Um, so everything after these words right here is going to be complete spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film yet, or you care about not being spoiled, please yeah. avoid this section like the plague or the robot Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box at the end of Seven. <laughs> I hate you so much. I mean, it's not even funny for me anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not editing it out. Are you still going to bleep that? I don't know. I, I don't want <laughs> You think to. there's a subset of people who want to hear X Machina spoilers who don't know seven spoilers? I, you know what? It'll just be cut out. Email Carson Patrick. <laughs> It'll be cut out like Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> it's going to be Gwyneth Paltrow's blank in a where? Oh. <laughs> I should just put a robot voice. That's all. He's like, yeah, big spoilers. Somebody's head in a box. <laughs> Which is still a spoiler, so I can't even do that. Uh, or Gwyneth Paltrow says goodbye <laughs> or something. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Ex Machina. So, I'm going to start with the, the thing from the trailer that I thought was going to be the thing that was going to be at the end of the film. So, in trailer one, like the very, very last shot of the trailer, like it's, it's an amazing trailer. And then like two minutes and 50 seconds in, you see somebody's arm being sliced open like by themselves on purpose. It's like this total like Terminator reminiscent moment. And you're like, okay, well, that's probably, you know, Donald Gleason's arm, and he's probably slicing open his arm because he thinks he's a robot. Um, so going into this film, I was kind of upset that, like, if that was the twist of the movie, I'm going to be pretty upset because, like, why would you put that in the trailer when it's obvious who is cutting their arm open? Um, so the film starts, and, you know, he like, our, our boy is selected, supposedly at random, to join this, this uh, Turing test thing. Um, during that one interview, he talks about how, like, when he was a kid, his family was in, like, a really, really bad accident, and both his parents died, and he survived, but he was in a coma for a long, long time. I'm like, okay, duh, he's a robot, because, like, basically everyone died in that accident, but they saved just him, because he was the most viable body left in the thing, and, like, he <laughs> He's grew... RoboCop. No, basically, like, like, I mean, he wouldn't have known he's a machine, but that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, obviously, clearly at that point, they're setting up the fact that, you know, he died, but... 
they saved him in the form of this like machine. So he, for the last, you know, 15 years or whatever, he's actually really been a robot, which would explain why he's so much smarter than the rest of the people in the company. Um, blah, blah, blah. Like all, all this stuff he can do because he's actually a machine. Um, so like they, it felt like they were totally setting up. Um, uh, then when it turns out that he wasn't selected at random, he was actually chosen like in that conversation he has with Oscar Isaac later on. Like, so there's all these little bits of information that start to lead to the point where, um, where you're like, okay, well that, that fear that I've had at the beginning of the film has to be true. Then when Kyoko like starts pulling off her skin, you're like, okay, well clearly, clearly this has to. Like, that's more evidence. That's how he gets the idea to slice open his arm. So I was actually really stoked when he slices open his arm, and, and it's not it's not the case. Like, that mm. excited me because the entire film, I was like, ah, damn it, you're setting up all this stuff to be true. And then it almost felt like a total misdirection because they wanted to be like, oh, like, check it out. That's not the case. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think of that? Like, did you guys avoid the trailer? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I never watched a trailer. I, I saw a trailer. I didn't remember the arm slicing thing. The only thing I remembered from the trailer was Ava running, running down the hallway as yeah. fast as she could. And that, that was kind of the thing that I wished I didn't know going in. Uh, the, the arm slicing thing, I thought, I thought it was fine. I like, I like that he wasn't a robot in the movie because it clearly was trying to make you think that. Yeah. I also still didn't like the scene that much. I don't know. He, when he then like grabs the blood and smashes it on the mirror and looks like defiantly, I wasn't really sure what is going through his head right now. Like, like that's my biggest thing actually is why does he hate Oscar Isaac so much at that moment? Like he knew Oscar Isaac works in machines. He knows this is what developing an AI is like. What is the giant betrayal that all of a sudden turns him into this that thing but but that that's the point at which he realizes that right didn't that scene take place after he had found all the bodies in um yeah in oscar isaac's room in the closets Mm. yeah so he already realizes he's a monster and that's when he's like you know f this guy this is like some really messed up stuff that's happening and so i think he's mad before he slices his arm open so I think this is where I come out as the creep on the show, which is that <laughs> I'm not positive, objectively speaking, that there being robot bodies in the cabinets makes him a monster. Well, like, it's, unless it's, it was like his sex bots, I guess that was the implication of it. Yeah. Well, at, had he already hacked the computer and seen the videos of him like sort of training slash like beating the shit out of like... At that point, yeah, he I think had, so. Yeah, he had already that, seen it. So I, I think, like, <laughs> he is objectively or not objectively, like, he, basically, he's a monster <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Do you disagree? I di- I don't, but I do think the whole premise of the film is kind of what you are subscribing to, which is that they're sentient enough because you've empathized as if they were people now. Like, if these were. If these were robots that didn't resemble people, I don't think you would in a million years think, oh, he's objectively a monster because he's like testing them and destroying them and doing whatever the hell he wants with them. So replace Oscar Isaac with Tony Stark. And he has that room where he has all of his like M whatever number they're currently on things, right? Mm -hmm. He has like a trophy case of all these like built robotic machines. Those are machines. They're really his prize like 
like, look, I built all these. These are rad. You know, sure, they're going to turn sentient themselves and kill us all in the next movie. But, you know, basically he's he's showing off the work that he's done. That I'm fine with. But, like, in this weird, creepy, like, half-destroyed nude women hanging in a closet, like, the one that's, like, strapped up with, like, no legs and, like, no arms just, like, hanging by our armpits is, like, really creepy. And, like, there's there's an aspect to it that's... It's not, here's my, like, if they were just the machines and they were turned off in this closet, then maybe it wouldn't bother me so much. But the state that they're kept in is awfully strange. And the fact that it's behind mirrored panels, like, so he gets up in the morning and looks at himself, like, through a reflection and behind the reflection is these things that he's created and treated like shit. There's, there's some aspect to that that's just, it's... It's unnerving to a point that, like, I can't define it as anything but semi-evil. Something is definitely wrong. D- definitely off with him. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's definitely off in plenty, plenty of ways. He's a he's a douchey guy with a giant ego. He's clearly playing with fire here. I'm just, especially by the end of the movie, I'm not positive, I think, like, he was clearly a bad guy who, say, deserved to die or got what was coming to him. Well, okay, let, I almost feel like the movie is doing to us what Ava does to Donald Gleason, which is makes us suddenly be so empathetic that we are no longer thinking about the facts of the situation. Instead, we're just like, he's the bad guy. These are things that are being tortured. This is wrong. Let's go. Well, and I, I don't. Well, to the movie's credit, by the end you don't know that anymore because Ava is also pretty, <laughs> pretty heartless. Well, okay, so, well, she literally doesn't have a heart though. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so so let me ask you this, Stephen. Like, let, let, let's let's pretend like you came over to my house, right? And I got mm-hmm. a cell phone call, and I was like, oh, I gotta take this. I'll be right back. So I walk out back, and I'm talking to my cell phone. You are sitting in my room, and there's this weird like mirrored panel display, and you're like, this is kind of weird. So you like decide to snoop around and you pull one open. Let's say there's not even machines back there because we're in modern day and I, I, where am I going to get these machines from? Let's say there are full human size uh, canvases. Blow up dolls. No, not blow up dolls. <laughs> canvases where I have charcoal drawn like on just a white canvas exactly what was behind each of those panels. Let's pretend this movie does not exist. What would you think seeing those exact pictures behind these mirrored panels in my room out of context <laughs> i think you're a creep and i would think he's a creep i wouldn't think you were evil necessarily <laughs> would you would you feel safe when i came back in the room <laughs> well i mean no. especially if your house is a compound that's half underground no i, I wouldn't feel safe <laughs> okay then i'm not i'm not saying he's not creepy and i'm not saying that scene isn't creepy i just don't know why the the facts of that situation seem to surprise Donald Gleason to the point where all of a sudden he's like, like, this guy out of nowhere. Like, clearly he knew in the process of making Ava, there were lots of other prototypes and probably all sorts of terrible things happened to them. Yeah. But I don't think he knew He just didn't feel it the way that he feels (laughs) it when he sees the human looking body hanging there. Yeah. I don't think he like knew that, you know he had made a whole bunch and like a bunch of different races and just, they were hanging out in his closets and he could just swap them out whenever he feels like it to do some sexy times. <laughs> I mean, they're basically just, you know, very, very expensive fembots or blow up dolls. Yes. Which is the, like, there's a scene where he's like trying to teach one of them to write 
and they have a fully formed like female everything below the neck and the face is just like this like half completed head for no mm. reason I, that is creepy stuff very yeah. very creepy like so he built the body in terms of most importance to him like right you you build the essential parts first then you add pieces to that so the fact mm-hmm. that he had a fully formed female creation up to the neck and then this jacked up like robotic face that can't even like read or write he's like yelling at it and showing it a piece of paper and trying to hand it like a crayon or something <laughs> like I, oh, that all the videos that, that donald gleason like finds on his computer are very disturbing yeah all right i'm on, i'm on team nathan <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another thing that I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, Stephen, um, because I believe it was a time. Um, I, I believe I was talking to you at some point in time about like AI, um, and uh, it had had to be. I don't know who else I would have been talking to besides you, but I was talking about how like the longer you're playing this conversation game, eventually, if you're recording every single answer that's ever taken you should be able to build up like a database that's strong enough to convince the next person that you're real simply by looking at the positive and negative returns from every response you've ever given over a history of like forever. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that like it turns out that the way he's cracking the AI is like connecting it up to essentially Google. So basically her brain is wired up to like the all of information everywhere (laughs) and is using... The, it, like basically she's it's, it's a common well, I don't know I don't want to spoil a different movie but it, basically it's a combination of like being able to track the the video audio and all input from all mobile devices on the entire planet mixed with like all the power of like a search engine is all the information that's going into her brain essentially and her AI is built from like the interconnected networks of the entire world that seems so smart to me um, mm-hmm. well and it's totally realistic I mean that part is how you train anything. It It isn't looking up. It's just getting more data to train a model of how you would answer yeah. any given question. I mean, like, that's exactly how things like Siri or whatever work. I don't know what data they're using, but they get tons and tons of voice data f- from probably a different source than the one people think. Yeah. And they they train that. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was cool. I I thought that was pretty realistic. Yeah. It probably is what any big company who has this data would do if they're trying to do an AI program. <laughs> Google. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearly this is Google. Yeah, it's Google or Huli. One, one yeah, or that's, two. that's true. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, I, I just really, I love that aspect of it because it like, first of all, I, was that you that I had the conversation with? It seems like something you would talk to me about. Okay. Because <laughs> it, it I was like, oh, yes, validated by this movie. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, there, there's, I love too the scene where he's like, did you design her face based on my pornography profile? <laughs> so we were talking about that yesterday. What exactly, what would that mean? Cause in porn, it's not like you search by face. <laughs> Do they just know which ones he like no, stuck I, on the longest? I, yeah, I'm, what, I'm assuming what was the last video he watched before he called it a day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what it is. It's like literally he, like it's, it's the conversation where, where Oscar Isaac is, is talking to him and he's like, let's just say that, let's just say that you're into black chicks. Like, that's your thing. Like, why, why are you into that? Like that, like it, I think that's literally what it is. They just looked at everything that he spends most of his time on and compiled a thing from that. Um, which, yeah, I thought, which I guess is Swedish women. 
<laughs> well, he just saw the Kingsmen and he learned that Swedish women are objects. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, are you are you gonna pull out? You're gonna be like that girl from Very Aware who said that this movie was fetishizing Asian culture. <laughs> what? Because they eat sushi and there's a Asian woman who prepares it. <laughs> no, yeah, because like he had basically an Asian servant, you know. And well, I was I like. Mean, it is, but in a very self-aware way, because it's, I, I mean, we're I mean, in spoiler it, territory. She's yeah. a robot. Like, she is everything <laughs> all about all of them. That's the point you're trying to make. Well, I think it's, I think it's about a, all of these are fetishized. But no, yeah, yeah like, the, the thing, though, is, like, there's nothing specifically Asian about his compound. He happened to have an Asian ser- servant, which he justifies in that he can't have somebody who understands English be in his compound because his secrets can get out that way. So, like... Which is another stupid thing because he created like an artificial intelligent being that he's like, oh, this pretty will never learn English. <laughs> like That was kind of dumb. Well, on top of that, you know, once we find his you know, sex closet, he has all kinds of different races of just <laughs> robots that he wants to sex up. I mean, yeah, so that's I, I really honestly, equal opportunity. You do notice and then that the, the only one he didn't disassemble in any way was the other Asian one. <laughs> Well, of course, yeah. white I mean, programmer, it, Asian, Asian robot. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a stupid argument that she couldn't see that this guy is like clearly a, a creeper and a weirdo and has some things wrong with him. I mean, well, she, and the fact she, that like it's a white woman writing the, the article. It's like, give me a break. Yeah, the thing, even Asian. What, what I'm curious about uh, the like social response to would be the uh, the use of like sexuality and leering in this movie because it's clearly intentional and i think it's like a kind of cool like take back at the end where it's like the camera lingers on uh ava's body and then she walks out the door and like donald gleason doesn't get to have any of it yeah Um, (laughs) i don't know i i wonder i wonder how people with stronger opinions than i feel about the way this movie uses like women's bodies and stuff like that because it's, sure, it's interesting it's I'm like sure under someone the did a write-up well it, it, but but she's also she herself is presented like the only parts that she has that are quote-unquote real are feet hands and face mm-hmm. uh, up until the end where she like peels off the skin from the other robots and then i guess it melds itself what's what's funny is like clearly there's some sort of weird growth thing when you put like skin flaps onto that mesh that makes up part of her body but couldn't her head just finish wrapping around the rest of her body if there is some sort of like nanobot skin growth technology that's really the biggest plot hole in this movie (laughs) (laughs) the nano skin it's not as creepy that way it's it's better when they're all in flaps yeah she's literally repurposing past uh models of herself hmm Speaking speaking of plot holes, I do think this movie had too many quote twists that were like not actually twists to anyone. Like Kyoko being a robot, I think everyone knew that going in. Yeah. Donald Gleason not being chosen for being the best, that almost didn't even feel like a thing yeah. that had to be mentioned. The whole even the whole idea where he's gonna get Oscar Isaac drunk and well, then Oscar no, Isaac it, outsmarted him, you, but then he yeah. outsmarted him first. That was kinda like yeah. This is unnecessary. It, it was still kind of a badass moment. <laughs> but it's like illogical. If you really outsmarted him, why would you genuinely seem upset that he's not drinking and walk alone with him into his room? Like if you actually had already programmed her to break out, you could do so many easier ways of escaping with her. Well, I mean, I mean I'll, I'll tell you how much I was invested in this film. <laughs> I, at that point, I was less worried about him showing up Oscar Isaac and more about him 
trying to plead to Oscar to allow him to tell Ava why he wasn't there waiting for her. (laughs) 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 I I was worried about how she would react to him not being there. (laughs) But that's because I'm a sucker. And I am. should go Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex (laughs) in the City movie. I haven't seen them, so... Oh, you're probably better off. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so like the only real true, I guess, twist of the film is as as you referenced, Stephen, it's it's uh everything is 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 resolved. We defeat the bad guy. Uh Ava asks him to wait in the room while she becomes fully human, and then she just walks out and leaves him trapped inside of the thing, revealing to us that there was no actual love or affection. There was no that basically was all this elaborate ruse, um, which is or isn't even more or less proof of her AI-ness because she just followed this thing to actually fake. Anyways, so the big twist is that she's like, yeah, F them, I'll leave and I'll go out and be human now on my own with no reference to the person who I just spent all this time trying to convince that mm-hmm. I was affectionate towards him. I, what was your guys' reaction to that? I mean, she's just a straight-up stone-cold boss, man. She just yeah, left I, him. I, I liked it. I was afraid it was going to be he leaves with her and, like, they are the good guys. They're the protagonists. And it was nice that the movie didn't give you that. Yeah. Though, of course, it could have then cut back to him cutting himself in the trailer over and over since the girl <laughs> left him. But <laughs> He just finishes the cut. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean that that definitely felt like that's the one that kind of solidified the the like horror movie ending. Um like it, mm. it definitely had that that feeling to it of like no, I'm trapped here. Ah. Um and I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean cuz that would suck. Like I there was something I guess there was something powerful about it, but I still was kind of like oh shit, like if this is just continuing down like the suspense thing. But so the question really for Steven is how does that answer the question about whether it's a machine that knows it's playing chess or it's just a machine that plays chess really well? Like, um, I think the whole point of the Turing test and the reason that whole exchange was a little bit silly to me is there's no tangible difference between a thing that plays chess very, very well versus a thing that knows that it's playing chess. Like, I think that's the whole idea. If it can behave in a way that would outsmart everybody then you've cracked it and i think ava does that so do you i'm not sure the movie really cares about whether or not ava is a true artificial intelligence yeah like i I don't think that even means anything it got to the point where they can be dangerous and that's the that's the cool part yeah yeah which which i'm 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 like not even talking about like in context of the film whether or not it's correct i just mean that like to think about the end of that like so she wants to escape right was does she want to escape because she is alive or does she want to escape because Oscar Isaac created that programming in her to instill the things that would convince Donald Gleason that she was alive? Yeah, but do you want to do you want to survive because you're alive or because of something innate in you that makes you want to survive? Right? I don't think there's any difference. You in, sneaky bastard. <laughs> in in those two conversations. I don't have a response to that. 
uh, give me like 30 minutes and I'll just pause the podcast and come back with a response. That sounds smart. Okay, when we come back, Chris is going to tell me why life is meaningful. But for now. <laughs> that I cannot answer that question. Um, but no, yeah. So it, that was the one thing that like I've been thinking about the most is like, is Ava alive? That's that's I, that's the question for everyone. Yeah, and I think how you answer just depends on how you feel about these things. I would say yes, for all intents and purposes. She's certainly alive enough for you to think Oscar Isaac is a monster if he has sex with them or tears them apart or anything. But but in her in her monstrous response at the end or ac- actions at the end of the film, does that take back everything? I no, I don't think so. I think it's just the sci-fi thing of uh, you're trying to make life and assuming it will be human, but what you're actually making is like a new thing that probably doesn't care about you. Yeah. And also, I mean, th- like in, in a separate context, if Ava literally was a real woman and it was like a reverse, uh, it was like a, a, a reverse Turing test and the real point was for Donald to realize that she was not a machine, but actually a real human. Um, uh yeah, that's the actual te- the, re- the opposite, basically. Try to figure out if it if it was actually a human and not. A, I don't know. Well, anyways, I'm confusing myself with my own logic. But anyways, if it was a real woman who was pretending to be a machine, she could do the exact same actions and be just as manipulative <laughs> and mm-hmm. escape. So yeah, there's no difference in the outcome of the film. <laughs> We're all gonna die. And 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 a really cute woman will be the death of you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that is the kind of like somewhat overused trope, I think. Especially I think we were talking yesterday about Gone Girl as a comparison. <laughs> Both of them have this mm. kind of visual of the uh the beautiful woman who is capable of absurdly evil things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, so everybody says Ava's alive. Yep. <laughs> okay. Carson, did you and weigh in? Sure. I, I wish the Spielberg AI movie had ended this way. <laughs> 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 with his one day left with his mother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, technically she was like Jude Law. You know? She yeah, was that's a, true. She was a gigolo robot. She's similar. Well, t- yeah. technically, we don't know if she was. I mean, the other eight models or whatever he officially says there were um dude i'm pretty sure they're all getting sexed on yeah but i kind of interpreted it as her as having not yet been sexed mm, on that may that's true because i guess it was she was you know clearly he's into other types of people <laughs> yeah that, that one was specifically done for for donal yeah <laughs> So you can get all boneled up. He was all, he was all, make sure you don't all touch her before Donal gets here. Right, yeah. Anyways. You guys are mocking me crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, dear. So Well, now we know that Under the Skin is the sequel to this movie. Yeah, definitely. In, and the thing in is, some ways. the comparison to Under the Skin, in my mind, has nothing to do with the way the movie like whatever is revealed in the movie it's just the whole the whole tone of the movie the whole idea of this thing that is clearly not a normal person who is like seductive but also 
detached and there's something creepy about it. I, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah. You found her creepy? Ava? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I guess I'm weird. <laughs> I mean, any any artificial intelligence is inherently creepy. I would say that. I think she's also empathetic, but there's still something... I mean, she's still dead inside. She's just Yeah, there's still something very different about <laughs> yeah. her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, she's she's slightly off, like Oscar Isaac, in a different way. <laughs> she doesn't get wasted and then pump iron in the morning. <laughs> Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, should we close this out? I think so. All right, time for uh, Steven's official time. He can say goodbye that he won't hate. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, bye everybody. It's been fun. Yeah. We will (laughs) see you guys all next time. (laughs) We'll see you you next week for another robot movie. Another artificially intelligent robot film. Yeah.